Hi everybody, and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fed Talks. How's everybody doing? I don't like what my voice did just there, but we're stuck with it. Um, guys, there was a lot going on this week, and most of it is not my story to tell. And I almost didn't record, but then I did clearly because you're you're hearing this. Ah. Uh, it was not a great way to start an episode, really. Um, boy, and I came into this without any kind of plan. So uh, I think I think we'll do we'll do some TV catch up. I think uh, I did uh, talk to a fan favorite guest about uh, about doing another episode about a, a, a subject that is very dear to my heart in the. Uh, very near future so possibly the next episode or two will within the next episode or two you'll get you'll get a good episode and uh, mark your calendars I guess um oh one thing I wanted to I I, I referenced I think an episode or so ago and I I should bring it I I because I I want to properly honor a friend of the pod also a real life friend but uh uh you know he also listens to this show which man you gotta wonder how your life choices lead you to that uh but uh i got a very nice uh a very nice uh gift in the mail from from uh uh fed talks listener tim uh who is a very nice man and uh um, you know, I know him through his, fa he's, he's related to the, the, uh, Sam slash Becky group of people that I reference often. Uh, and the notable thing is in regards to this is, uh, Tim and I have the same favorite comic series of all time, which is, uh, the, uh, Justice League International run from the late eighties, early nineties. And when I say Justice League International, it refers to multiple series, quite frankly, uh, one of which changed its name three times. But it's it was sort of the first big reboot of the Justice League. And uh, it's tremendous. It's fun and wonderful. And uh, it's something we talk about a lot because we, we love it. Uh, and it's perfect. And uh, so I got in the mail from him an issue of... Justice League America from that run, uh, specifically issue 52, which uh, was autographed by the creative team. Uh, we're talking, we're talking co-writer Keith Giffen, who I've mentioned before, because he's 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 like my favorite guy. We're talking co-writer J.M.D. Mateus, who is a a just massive talent. And we are talking artist Trevor Von Eden, who only drew that issue of Justice League ever. I mean, that's the only issue of Justice League he drew. But he is an artist who I really enjoy. And I have I've had a lot of fondness for him since I was a kid uh, when he drew a Green Arrow miniseries that I somehow managed to get every issue of. Which was very difficult in those days because mostly my mom would pick up comics at the grocery store and... Uh, her decisions would be based on what didn't look too violent or sexy. So it is rare that I would have like a, like I would get the second part of a continued story because it was all 
all it was all mom whims and uh but somehow i got four straight issues of a green arrow miniseries drawn by trevor von eden so he's always had a special place in my heart uh so that was super nice and i have have thank thanked him and thanked uh him or tim i was trying to say both things at once and i'm going to thank him again uh publicly on this podcast if this can be called public it probably can't but it's great and it is is also uh one of the one of the sort of like key blue beetle issues i blue beetle is kind of my uh he's kind of my guy uh chris gethard always uses that character as an example of why he doesn't like dc comics but chris gethard has some bad opinions i like him but holy smokes he's got some he was i uh, yeah he sometimes his pop culture opinions are kind of trash that's right i'll say it uh but blue beetle's the best and uh this issue was specifically the one where he gets tired of guy gardner bullying him about his weight and challenges him to a boxing match uh it's it's tremendous uh this is great i got my my some of my favorite guys uh signatures on a comic it's so cool um no i mentioned blue beetle having weight problems uh might as uh catch everybody up on what's going on with ej's body uh and not the hernia i already talked about that it's still there um i'll do something about one of these days um but as of this recording i have lost 50 pounds since mid-january 50 and uh seemingly nobody has really noticed uh you know my actual friends have been kind of you know i've been keeping them updated but uh people i encounter in my life you know co-workers and the like seem to have either not noticed or don't really care which is fine i don't need to know uh you know i don't need everybody up in my business but uh it's been uh here's the thing i'm learning a lot about myself and i'm sticking to something which is not usually my deal uh I'm, I'm very loyal to people but when something is difficult i usually just stop doing it and this has been difficult and i have uh i i think i'm getting kind of good at it uh i don't want to talk about it too much because you know this <laughs> is it's kind of my deal it's kind of uh something i'm doing for me but uh i do have to say it is so hard to start because at a certain point it can be hard to exercise because it's just you know there's 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 so much of me it's hard to hard to exercise in any way that's useful and just kind of getting through those those first few weeks and uh getting to a point where i have a little more options available to me i guess i don't know uh i don't know maybe it's hard to explain if you haven't uh tried to lose weight maybe you haven't thought about it but it's uh 
here's a cool thing, and this is me going to be mildly vulnerable for a second, and then I will deny that it ever happened. But uh, so in uh, in restaurants, if you sit in a booth, when you're when you're a big fat guy, uh, there is always a chance that you will sit and be sort of like rammed up against the table or you know it'd be very like it's you know you can't sit comfortably uh and a lot of restaurants have it where where the the table will be slightly farther from one side than the other so so ej types have a side of the booth they can sit on and not be embarrassed and uh but it's often hard to tell from looking at it and I will consistently make the wrong decision. And now that is not a thing. Uh, you put me in a booth, I can sit there. It'll be fine. It'll, the table will not make contact with me except with my arms when I put them on the table, which is, you know, is, is how I, how I eat at a restaurant. My arms just laying on the table and then my head down in a bowl of soup. But, you know, it's a it's a neat little thing that is helping me feel better about myself. Uh, I don't know, this is... Nothing about that was funny. I'm just... It's something I've worked hard on and I'm proud of myself, so I'm sharing. Uh, look, you don't have... You don't have to care. I, I don't even have the right to ask you to care. In fact, I'd rather you didn't. How about that? Yeah, this is going to be adversarial from here on out. How do you like that? Um, man, if I were not so tired, I would just start recording over again and hope I do a better job. Uh, but that seems unlikely. So let's just catch up on some entertainment stuff. Uh, I, I saw another movie this weekend. Uh, it's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And it is this very fun, weird sort of meta thing where Nicolas Cage plays himself. And uh, his career is kind of flagging, so he agrees to <laughs> take a million-dollar paycheck to go to some guy's birthday party in Central America. And then the CIA recruits him for help. And I don't really want to say more. I mean, that's just that's like the bullet point pitch. There's There's no real spoilers in there. Uh, and it's really fun and it's it's shocking how aware Nicolas Cage is of exactly what his deal is right now like I mean other than Pig last year he hasn't he's probably done you know 20 bad movies in a row that barely saw theatrical release and uh, he's always interesting I think he makes bad choices in a lot of his roles like the way he's going to perform them or approach a line, but I think he's always he's always put thought into it. Uh, like he's making clear decisions that you may or may not agree with, but they're always interesting. And this kind of outright parodies some of his recent uh, recent performance styles, shall we say? There, there's a bit where he he reads for a role and he just attacks it like, like uh, uh, trespass. I think was that absolutely insane movie he did a couple of years ago, and 
it's really funny, but it only works if he knows exactly what he's doing. So, look, if you miss Nicolas Cage, uh, check it out. Also, he's haunted by by 90s Nicolas Cage, who, who appears to him and criticizes his choices. Oh, my God, it's really funny. That's a good movie. You should watch that. Um, over on TV, uh, a couple things I've watched recently. Uh, Killing It on Peacock. It's uh, Craig Robinson from The Office and Claudia O'Doherty from Love and also podcasts. Uh, it is this, uh, I think Dan Gore of Brooklyn Nine-Nine is either co-created it or maybe is just the executive producer, but it's kind of from that family uh, where uh, Craig Robinson is a uh, wannabe entrepreneur and Claudia O'Doherty is a failing uber driver and they get in a basically a a contest in the everglades to uh where there's a twenty thousand dollar prize for whoever can kill the most snakes and it is the thinnest premise for a tv show but it's one of those where the premise kind of doesn't matter um a lot of it is just about how hard it is to get out of a hole you know, financially or emotionally or whatever. But it's also very, very silly, and the character stuff is really good, and it does some things that I, as they were happening, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what what uh, streaming sitcoms do now, which is, uh, it covers like this really limited period of time, and there's a lot of backtracking, and then a whole episode will be, well, let's see what was happening with this person when this happened. And that feels like a lot of what I'm seeing on streaming, but I also can't immediately think of other examples that match up to that. So uh, maybe I should have just not said anything and uh, sounded less dumb. But that's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I enjoyed it. There are 10 episodes, and I watched the 10 of them. Um, Let's see. There's been a bunch of things. Tokyo Vice on... HBO is ah uh, look right off there's a there's a uh, some mixed feelings because the pilot was directed by Michael Mann who's a director that I really like and it's cool to see him doing something uh, but it stars Ansel Elgort who yes I loved Baby Driver but since then that guy's become kind of a he's sort of in the Ezra Miller mold of uh, of brown-haired actor who has a bad habit of of hitting people mostly women and it's not cool i don't know why this guy's getting work although i assume this was probably shot before uh before he sort of crossed a line uh because he's in west side story but that was shot like in 2019 and only came out at the end of last year uh, so I assume this it's a lot of COVID delays. But uh, also a problem is that he's kind of a charisma black hole. Um, again, I really like Baby Driver, but this guy is not super compelling to watch. And so much of the show is him. Uh, it has an interesting premise, though, where it's he's a, a crime reporter in Tokyo. Uh, I guess like 
maybe the first white person to have that position for a major newspaper. And it sort of sets up that in 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 crime reporting in, in Japan, they don't they don't treat things as murders. Uh, they don't allow for the possibility of unsolved mysteries. There's just a justification why that person is dead by gunshot, even if they can't say who fired the gun or why. And that's an interesting sort of cultural thing to get into, uh, especially as he's sort of getting to know uh, a homicide cop, who's Ken Watanabe, who, man, that guy's great. He's been in a million things. You probably remember him as the fake Ra's al Ghul from uh, uh, Batman Begins. And uh, there's also all this stuff about hostess bars, which are these weird things in in Japan where you like it's almost a strip club but you just pay women in cocktail dresses to sit with you and talk and it's sort of this weird concept that they don't really explain and I only know about it because of the Yakuza video games so it might be kind of hard to track if you're not familiar with this phenomenon but there's this uh, sort of the main woman who's got kind of who's got her own sort of uh uh, B-plot is is played by Rachel Keller, who was in Legion, and she was also in the second season of Fargo. Um, I can't think of her character's name now, but if you watch that season of Fargo, you're like, oh yeah, that woman who was awesome. She's really good, and I haven't seen her in that much stuff, so I'm happy to see her. But the whole Elgort thing is... Ugh, it's kind of rough. Like, if you're going to be a bad person, at least be kind of interesting. Uh, so that's, that's, I can't, that's not really a recommendation, but I'll probably stick it out because I'm far enough in. I want to see what happens. Um, uh, ba, 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 ba. I'm trying to reach my phone because I have a list of things I've been watching and need to remember to keep watching on my phone because it is hard to keep track of streaming shows. Um, oh, uh, uh, you know, the new season of Atlanta, which is a show I think is, uh, extremely high quality, uh, and really inventive. That's Donald Glover's show about, well, you know, about Atlanta. Uh, for some reason, I'm not something about this season feels off uh, I still think the quality is absurdly high but I'm not I get there are five episodes in and there were two episodes that had none of the main cast one of which was set in a in sort of a fantasy scenario and another that was about a, a kid getting drawn into the foster system so you know after four years of not having new episodes and then only 60% of the season so far has had the characters in it is weird. Uh, uh, Darius, who I think is extremely funny, and he's played by uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who's a very funny actor, but uh, that guy over the last... over quarantine, he revealed himself to have some bad opinions about uh, vaccines and the Jewish people. Not 
in concert with one another. They were two separate sets of bad opinions, but it does make him a little harder to enjoy. Uh, uh, so that's, I mean, you know, it, it, it's a tremendous show. This is just not, I, I'm admiring the craft more than I'm enjoying the uh, what's being put in front of me. If that makes sense, because I'm a terrible TV snob, and I, uh, so I don't know, little, little, little disappointing over here, I guess. Uh, also, the new season of Better Call Saul, which uh, I guess the third episode is going to air in just a few minutes from when I'm recording this. Uh, obviously, that's that's amazing. That's uh, I'm going to miss that show, but I also think things are going to go bad. I mean, I assume it'll still be a good show. I just... Uh, look, every character who doesn't appear on Breaking Bad, I assume is going to die horribly. Uh, it's very... It's very stressful. Like, I've... It's been so long, you know, two years since the previous season, and that kind of adds on a cliffhanger, and I've spent years now worrying about Kim Wexler, and this is just sort of reignited... Uh, that anxiety uh, there are maybe two people I know in real life who I think about more than Kim Wexler oh yeah you know what speaking of uh, of of Kim maybe I've said this before but we'll just say it uh, my friend Becky years I want to say three four years ago it was more than three years because it was farther pre-pandemic she and it, uh, she, you know, this was never confirmed, but she was pretty sure she saw uh, Raya Seahorn, who plays Kim, at a local, local-ish uh, winery. That uh, wasn't in Grand Rapids proper, but she was there, and it, and she was like, I, "That's," and Becky has a weird habit of uh, of uh, running into famous people. She met John C. Riley at a local botanical garden. <laughs> And uh, one time she was on a plane and she was sitting next to Josh Charles from Sports Night and The Good Fight. Uh, all of his TV shows rhyme. So if anybody was just going to run into Kim Wexler, it's going to be Becky. And she didn't say anything. And I'm so mad because I feel like, like Becky's charming. So I think, I think, I think she would have liked her. And then maybe Becky could have uh, put in a good word for her friends. And I could be friends with Rhea Seahorn. And the fact that I'm not is really just cowardice on Becky's part. Uh, Becky's very nice, and I don't mean to defame her, but come on, man, grab the bull by the horns. How, how am I? How am I ever going to be friends with uh, with Rhea Seahorn? But you know, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, Better Call Saul is my it's my pick of the week. Um, boy, I am, here's the thing. I got a whole lineup of things I've been watching. Uh, I think I talked last week about how I started watching my, <laughs> my so-called life again. And, uh, I'm getting very drawn into this, uh, show about high school from 1994. Um, boy, 
I have I have completely blanked out. This is bad. What I should do is pause and then check what I've been watching. But we're going to soldier through because I just remembered I have to catch you up on the movie franchises I've been watching. Um, this weekend was a little messed up in terms of stuff that was going on. So I didn't, I didn't, uh, because right now I'm going through the Marvel movies, the Bond movies, the Mission Impossible franchise, and basically everything James Gunn has done. So I didn't get to my Gunn movies, but I think the only things I have left are the Scooby-Doo movies, which are not really a priority, but I'll probably end up enjoying them anyway. Ah, uh, uh, important one is Marvel. This was week three, which means Iron Man 2, which is fine. I want it to be better than it is because it's written by Justin Thoreau, who starred in The Leftovers, which is my favorite show. Uh, and I really, so I just, I really wanted Kevin Garvey to have just absolutely nailed this. And... Here's the thing. It's not It's not bad. There are parts that are bad. Mickey Rourke's performance is weird, but doesn't add up to anything, which I think... It's sort of the opposite of a Nicolas Cage performance, where you're like, I don't know if this was good or not. It was interesting, but, and thought went into it, whereas Mickey Rourke is just a weird guy who's hard to work with. Um, and there's... Uh, there's a little too much armor on armor fighting, uh, which is just kind of a thing you have with Iron Man. But, you know, at some point you're not looking at any people in the battle scenes. And that just feels a little, a little flat. Uh, um, there's things I really like, though. Uh, there's some uh, Don Cheadle... Uh, replaces Terrence Howard, and he's really good. Uh, Sam, Ro Sam, Ro Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell is is really fun. Uh, there's some cool armor stuff. It's I mean, it's something I was mad about rewatching, and I don't think I've seen it since, uh, possibly since I saw it in theaters in 2010. But it did not. I wasn't psyched about watching it. Like I was. There were parts where I was kind of checking out. And I think part of the problem is the first movie is about Tony Stark learning to be less selfish. And then in this movie, he sort of reboots to being selfish again and has to learn again. Uh, straight down to uh, him getting pitched the Avengers again. You know, it's so this really feels like they they wanted another Iron Man movie, but they were afraid to move anything forward. Uh, also, there's a whole thing about how he has blood poisoning because of the thing that's powering his heart, and he creates a new element to save himself, and that's... Which is fine, but it's one of those things where it's all it's all bullshit because it's all, it's all fake science that's the problem and then fake science that fixes it. So it's like, it's... Well, it doesn't, you know... There isn't a real thing there. It's just the words and then a different set of words that fix those first words. Um, you do get a partial Captain America shield, 
which doesn't completely make sense based on what how things eventually shake out that Tony's dad has a partial shield also it doesn't seem to me like what he has is what the infrastructure of a completed shield would be uh, but you also get Thor's hammer in the post credit scene so that's fun uh, you meet Black Widow uh Scarlett Johansson is all over the place for me. There are some of the movies where I think she really is clicked in, uh, including the Black Widow movie, which is, I think, it seems like she's she's really she's really in it. I think she liked working. I I don't know her. I can't speak for her. But it seems like maybe it was fun to work with uh, Rachel Weisz and Florence Pugh and uh, uh, David Harbour because she seemed more kind of dialed in and... Um, and this one, she is, and she's just sort of written as hot girl who turns out to be good at fighting, which is probably not super rewarding, but she does not come off as interesting, but it is fun that it's the first appearance of the Black Widow pose that her sister makes fun of her for in the movie. So it's retroactively, uh, retroactively more fun. Um, uh, one thing I was watching for was to see when the credits start thanking specific comic creators besides just the people who created that character. And they still don't do it in Iron Man. Even though there are specific, like, uh, you know, the people who created Iron Man are credited, but the people who created uh, Black Widow or Justin Hammer are not. So still haven't hit that. Um but yeah, it's it's fine. It's you know when things shake out, it's gonna be in the it's gonna be on the lower the the bottom few movies. But I mean that said, it's still fine. Like if it came on FX, you wouldn't run to change it. Um, so yeah, I mean it was okay to watch. Just I'm just not hugely enthusiastic about it. But next week is Thor, and I am looking forward to seeing the first Thor again. I miss him. We're friends, me and Thor. Uh, Mission Impossible. I don't have much to say about it. I got to number four, Ghost Protocol, which is... It, it's it's a perfect movie. And the only th reason... The only case you can make for it not being perfect is that five is better, and then six is even better than that. But it really feels like after the third one, they, they uh, had a meeting and somebody said, hey... What if we only make these things perfect from here on out? Uh, it's great. Uh, I forgot how much fun Jeremy Redder was in it. Uh, 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 Paula Patton, who's only in this one and doesn't come back in any later ones yet. Uh, she's real fun. Uh, the, the Burj Khalifa stuff is tremendous. Uh, yeah, the stunts are great. The action scenes are all dead on. Uh, the sense of humor's there. It's great. I cannot recommend Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol highly enough. Uh, and then over in James Bond, I got to the second movie from 1963, From Russia with Love, which is significantly better than Dr. No and a hundred times more entertaining because a lot of stuff happens. 
but it runs very long and a lot of the things that happen don't contribute to the plot that much like it was more just we need to have a helicopter chase him for a while because that'll be fun to see and it turns out it is but after a while you're going this is i'm it's weird to think because like in mission impossible the going from set piece to set piece is a a benefit but there's sort of this feeling of motion that you don't really get in this uh, because honestly, the set pieces are not as exciting as a Mission Impossible set piece. Uh, but it's it's much better. It's introduces a lot of the mainstays, like it's the first Q, even though he's not identified as Q. Um, it's the first Blofeld, who is not identified as Blofeld except in the credits. Uh, you know, it's it feels like James Bond and it'll get a little more so in the next one, Goldfinger, which is a little, has a little more sci-fi to it. Um, you know, that's where he gets threatened with a laser. Uh, so it's, that one's real good. It's just, I don't watch it that often because it really lags, but it's like all the individual parts are good. There's just maybe too many of those parts. Um, I feel like there was a, uh, somebody I was surprised to see in it, but now I can't remember. Uh, you know, I can't remember everything. Also, I need some input as to what my next franchise should be. Because I'll, I'll be done with Mission Impossible in a couple weeks. Um, do I open that set of American Pie movies that I have for reasons I cannot begin to reconstruct? Uh, do I watch the Trevor's movies, which I picked up on a very cheap dvd set for seven tremors movies um do i do i i pick another writer director that i like and watch all their stuff there's the possibilities are endless i might i might do sam raimi because i've really been enjoying the blank check episodes about him and he's one of my favorites and revisiting that might be fun look weigh in let me know I was going to lead that in, segue that into me ending the show and telling you how you can reach me to tell me what I should be watching, but I, I, I have to remember our our sponsor, our uh, our tremendous sponsor, TeasedbySummer.com. Guys, it is. We got up. We got almost eighty degrees around here on Saturday, and yes, today it's fifty, and tomorrow it'll be forty. But warm weather is around and is going to become more of a thing and that is t-shirt weather um i am just such a big fan of everything in that tease by summer store i've i've got it all uh i've had to rebuy a couple of them because uh uh look i wore them a lot and now uh, when it gets warmer i'm also like that's what I sleep, what I'm going to sleep in. But I need to have then a, a, you know, a nice one that hasn't been, been slept in and, and, because honestly, if I sleep in a shirt, it's going to get washed a lot. It'll just go in my, you know, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to, uh, at least I, I don't mean to imply these shirts don't hold up well to repeated wearing and washing. I just, if I have a shirt I sleep in, I don't wear that out. 
partly because it feels like pajamas, partly because it feels like everybody can tell that that's what I slept in. So I've been rebuying uh, some of my favorite shirts. So I have a so I have one to use at night and one to use when I'm out in the world. And thanks to all the weight I lost, I am looking much better in t-shirts these days. Uh, I don't mean to imply that I'm looking good, but that's my fault and not the fault of the wonderful shirts. Um, and of course the mugs. I love the mugs. I love the mugs so much I can't even tell you. Uh, the mugs and the water bottle and... Look, at this point, I... I don't know where my Batman t-shirt is um, because the only the only t-shirts I wear these days now are tees by summer uh, and uh, you know what if you're gonna replace Batman in my heart and on my body holy smokes can you even imagine how good that is that's right tees by summer buy something okay so now I'm gonna wrap it up and uh, if you have suggestions for what movie franchise I should watch next, you can email the show at fedtalks at yahoo.com. You can tweet me at, uh, at EJ Fettis. Um, I don't know what my relationship with Twitter will be once Elon Musk takes over and presumably replatforms the all the Nazis and sex abusers that uh, they... Look, I don't know what he's what Elon Musk's deal is, but it's not going to be good, right? So I don't know what Twitter's going to look like in the next next few years in terms of my participation, but uh, uh, you can still message me there. Uh, you can also, uh, on Instagram, at EJ underscore Fettis. Um, I sometimes post funny things there that relate to the show, so you get some visual aids. Uh, and I don't have that many followers, so if you if you follow me on Instagram, you'll be special to me. Um, so yeah, let me know what I should watch next, and if there's any show, if there's a TV show you'd like me to watch and talk about, let me know. I got a list of about forty streaming shows that I need to catch up on, and uh, if if there's something you want me to see, maybe I'll move it to the top of the list if you ask nicely. If you don't, who knows? Uh, so that's it. Thanks a lot. I will talk to you guys next week. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wee, 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 wee.